0: Buenos dias from the springs. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from the 23rd of June 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. The government is still debating whether that cargo plane that landed last week is or is not connected to Iran's Quds Force, which is an arm of Iran's Revolutionary Guards. President Fernandez denies it has any links to terrorist groups and claims it was grounded due to fueling difficulties. At the same time, Paraguay's intelligence chief told the AFP news agency that the plane's captain was indeed a member of the Quds Force. It's been days and the plane is still on the ground with no clues of what's going to happen next. In the meantime, the government is more concerned about the new segmentation plan for public service billing. On Thursday the 16th, the presidential spokesperson, Gabriela Cerruti, announced that utility billing will now come in three segments. Higher income sectors will have to pay the full cost of all electricity and gas services with no subsidies. So, a household with two whose net monthly earnings are superior to the value of three and a half billion Basic shopping baskets, which would be around 330,000 pesos, about $1,500, won't receive any subsidies. The number of cars and real estate properties owned will also weigh in. Those in the middle and low-income sectors will see an increase on their bills of up to 80 and 40% respectively and will be calculated according to last year's wage variation coefficient. In both cases, the granting of the subsidies will be carried out on an on-demand basis through a sworn declaration of household formation. All those who want to continue to receive energy subsidies will have to request it. In other news, we need to talk about Colombia's new president. On Sunday, the 19th, Alberto Fernandez congratulated his new Colombian counterpart, Gustavo Petro, and didn't hide his satisfaction for seeing the first left-wing president elected in the fellow Latin American nation. He's not the only one. Peru, Chile, Mexico, Bolivia, and Honduras have all chosen leftist leaders in their last elections, and they all seem to have welcomed Petro with open arms arms. On that note about Latin American countries, Argentina, Uruguay, Chile, and Paraguay have ratified their candidacy to host the 2030 World Cup. This would be particularly meaningful for Uruguay, as would mark the centenary of the very first World Cup held there in 1930, which we'll have to wait and see if tradition is enough to justify the candidacy. Also in a pitching process is the province of Tierra del Fuego, which is trying to lure investments in hydrogen or ammonium, an attempt to tap into clean energy. The province is also working on environmental considerations and infrastructure to prepare the ground for such projects. So far, two international companies have expressed interest, France's Total Energies SE, which already produces natural gas in the province, and the U.S.-based MX Resources Corp., in partnership with Germany's Siemens Energy AG. This type of fuel is key to reducing the reliance on carbon. The biggest difficulty is shipping liquid hydrogen long distances. That said, the provincial government will surely be looking for a solution, as this could represent a major source of income for Tierra del Fuego. Right now, its economy depends mostly on oil and gas drilling, electronics assembly, and tourism, since it's the jumping-off point to Argentina. And speaking of Tierra del Fuego, Southern Province, at the very tip of the continent, is known for hosting the Winter Solstice Celebrations. On the 21st of June, a phenomenon known as the longest night in the world occurs, where daytime only lasts from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m and the night is 17 hours long. To celebrate, the city of Ushuaia gets decked out. There is a cultural agenda with various activities, both for the enjoyment of the locals and the thousands of tourists who come to this part of the earth every year. On that note about tourists, more than 4 million people traveled across the country during the long weekend. It seems that the industry is finally recovering after the pandemic with higher figures than in 2019. In terms of destinations, some of the most popular were Cordoba, Iwasu, Mendoza, Bariloche, Salta, Ushuaia, Tucumán, and Neuquen. Aires City is also recovering from the pandemic, but not necessarily in its touristic activities. After being left lifeless during the height of the COVID-19 lockdowns, the historic center of the city is currently undergoing some urban renewal projects to make it more attractive for citizens. The truth is, the oldest part of town rarely attracts the younger generation as it lacks the comforts that the more modern neighborhoods offer. Moreover, with more people working from home, offices are closing in the area, meaning that shop owners have been forced to close their doors as well. Before the pandemic, around 60% of the microcentro was occupied by offices. Today, it's barely 20%. Another thing that's becoming more difficult in the city is parking. If you own a car, you already know how complicated it can get in certain neighborhoods, so much so that parking violations represent almost 60% of traffic offenses. To tackle this issue, the Buenos Aires City Hall presented a bill to simplify the parking regulation by establishing only three major rules. It is now permitted to park on both sides of a street, but banned on either side of avenues between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. On streets with bicycle or metrobús lanes, parking will also be prohibited. Those are the three main rules, but be sure to check for signs that may indicate an exception. And speaking of new rules, face masks are no longer mandatory in enclosed spaces in the capital. Yes, until last Tuesday, it was still compulsory in Caba, even if it wasn't in other parts of the country. But this two-year measure was officially dropped last week. By the way, remember that appointments are now being offered for a fourth dose of the coronavirus vaccine. One of the most affected during the pandemic was the theater business. Actors were left with no jobs, theaters closed, and the famous Avenida Corrientes in Buenos Aires was lifeless. Now, they are finally recovering. In fact, the Argentine filmmaker Juan José Campanella just finished restoring the Teatro Politeama, with the hopes that it will lure more people to the theater scene in the city. This theater in particular is one of the oldest in the capital, created in 1879. It was demolished in 1958, but its destruction caused such a backlash that a law was then passed requiring that a theater be re-erected on the site. Before we wrap up the episode, did you hear about Kevin Bacon's lawsuit threat? During a guest appearance on Jimmy Kimmel's late-night show, the American actor learned that a burger chain with restaurants in the heart of the Argentine capital was using his name and image. He seemed anything but thrilled after seeing the restaurant's images and warned that he would be speaking to his lawyers. The establishment, which was officially called Kevin Bacon Fast Good, quickly changed its name to KB and is now working on a new logo that does not feature the actor's That's it for this week. But before we leave, we wanted to ask you something. Would you like to have a section in these updates about the best Argentine books or best Argentine music? Let us know at argentina at rorschach.com. Nos vemos la próxima semana.